0: Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. Well, how many of you can use a break right now? Go ahead, raise your hand, be honest. How many of you can use a break right now? I mean... Mentally, physically, emotionally, you're like, I need a break. How many of you are there right now? You're just, you're just ready to cut everything off. You're, you're just done. I mean, maybe it's been from COVID. Maybe it's just this year or, or the election or the racial tension. You're just done. Anybody there? Go ahead and be honest. Family, I would argue that much of our fatigue is because as a people, we have disregarded taking a Sabbath. Or should I say we, we don't truly rest. Many of us, we're trying to squeeze 25 hours out of a 24 hour day, even in a pandemic. We haven't slowed down at all. We've actually sped up. Some of us believe that if I just had more time, I would be more productive. Do you you know that that is actually scientifically proven wrong? Studies show that if someone works more than a 40-hour week, their productivity and quality of work actually lessens. It actually decreases as opposed to giving it all you have in a 40-hour week. But I know, no, I know, I know. If if you don't believe the science, because some of y'all are like ah, I don't believe that. Studies show that if you go back in history, if you study history, and you go back to the French Revolution, where they tried to make instead of a seven day work week, they start they tried to make it a ten day work week. You know what happened? Productivity went down, and suicide and depression went up. In fact, every seven days, your body requires a certain amount of catch up sleep. Y'all ever been there before? You wake up one day, you're like, man, I'm so tired. Why? I don't want to get out this bed. It's warm. I I don't want to move today. You ever been there before? Some of y'all like Pastor D. I'm there every day. Well, you need the Sabbath. (laughs) Our bodies, hear me, are uh, designed to rest. We need rest. You know why? Simply because God made us that way. God made everything in six days and on the seventh day he rested and he marveled in all that he made. He worshiped at the end of the day, every day. And we know this because at the end of the day, everything that he made, he looked out and he said it was good. He marveled at creation. In verse 31 of Genesis chapter one, it says, behold, this word behold. It lets us know that not only he says behold, it was good. But by saying behold, when he sees the creation, it brought God to a place of worship. And it also should do the same for us. But sadly, here it is. I'm, I'm in your neighborhood a little bit. It, it, sadly, here it is. If we're honest, we don't slow down enough. we don't slow down enough in order to see the beauty of God's creation or even experience the fruit of our own labor. If God rested, not only can we, but we should. With that, there's one truth that I want you to hold on to, stick it in your back pocket as we walk through all that we're going to talk about today. And we can find this in Genesis chapter two, verse three. Look at it with me very quickly. It says, so God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Notice in the verse, it says not only that God rested but that he blessed this day and made it holy. This lets us know, just like the text does in verse 8 today, that God is the Lord over the Sabbath. God created this day for us to rest and worship. As Jesus says in Mark chapter 2, verse 27, he says the Sabbath is for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is... Is for man, not man for the Sabbath. Hear me. If God made everything and Jesus is Lord over the Sabbath, then we can truly rest because God is truly God over all things, including our life, our work and our rest. And that's good news. That's really good news. But it's only good if we're able to let go of control and be intentional about observing the Sabbath. So I got two points that are going to help you in doing this. So follow with me. I promise if I'm not in your neighborhood already, I'm coming. Number one is what is not the Sabbath? That's what we're going to talk about. What is not the Sabbath? And number two, we're going to talk about what is the Sabbath? What is not the Sabbath and what is the Sabbath? Now, as we jump into this text, it's really easy as you read through the text To just say, well, Jesus in this text, he's just going against the grain, if you want to say. He's not observing the Sabbath. He's working with his disciples. Uh, But if one looks closely at this text and you see what Jesus is really doing, what he's really doing is correcting the theology of the Pharisees. See, in the text, the Pharisees see Jesus and they see his disciples and they see them walking through the grain fields and and the disciples get hungry. So they start to pluck off the heads of the grain and and they're eating it for food. And the Pharisees see this and they try to call out Jesus and say, you see what your disciples are doing? They're doing what's unlawful on the Sabbath. They're working on the Sabbath. That's unlawful. According to rabbinic law, they're they're, they're not following the law. Now, now, here's the crazy part, y'all. I kind of laughed in a a crazy way because the disciples were considered not only to be breaking the law of the Sabbath by not working in one way, but they were considered to be breaking the law in three different ways by picking, threshing and winnowing the wheat. Now you ask, well, how in the world are they picking, threshing and winnowing the wheat? All they did was pick it and start eating it. This is how crazy legalistic these Pharisees were about the Sabbath and keeping the laws. The disciples... Pick the grain. That's one. They pick the heads of the grain and then they would take it and they were rubbing it in their hands. Y'all, they ain't got no pitchforks. They're not on a threshing floor. They're not separating the wheat from uh, the chaff and throwing it in the wind. None of that. No, no, no. They pick the grain and when they rub it in their hands, they separate the chaff from the wheat so they can actually eat it. And because they picked it and they rubbed it and they separated the chaff from the wheat and they're eating it, they're now considered to be (laughs) picking it, threshing it and winnowing it. They've now broken the law three different ways because they worked three different ways. Ain't that crazy? Now these Pharisees and the people of the day had twisted the understanding of the Sabbath and made it about the Sabbath instead of the Sabbath being for man. The Sabbath had become about performance rather than rest and worship. So Jesus replies. Have you not read about David when he was hungry? He and those that were with him, they ate the bread of the presence. That's only for the priest. But David didn't get in trouble. He wasn't struck down by God. Or, or better yet, have, do, you, do, you, do you pay attention to the priests and how they do their duties on the Sabbath? They still work, but yet they're not punished. See, family, follow me. What Jesus is getting at is that this Sabbath day is not about what you can do for him or God. It's not about what you can do for them or how good you are at it. But instead, it's about you. It's for you. And if you fail at your Sabbath or taking the Sabbath, there's grace. Jesus is essentially sharing the gospel and saying that nothing that I or my father have put in place is to be a burden on you because we have already done all the work. Believers work from a place of approval, thus you you, you don't work for approval, thus in all that you do, you don't have to prove to me how holy you are by abstaining from different things and everything else on the Sabbath. That's not what this is about, no, no, the Sabbath is not for God, it's for you. This is why Jesus says in verse 6 and 7 of the text that something greater than the Sabbath is here. And if you knew this, or in other words, what he's saying, if you knew me, you would know that I desire mercy. Not sacrifice. Then you wouldn't have condemned anyone if you understood that. See, see, Jesus basically is saying. There's nothing you can do for me. There's nothing you can give to me that I don't already possess. And if you really were seeking after God, you would know that I desired mercy and you wouldn't have judgment on these disciples. But instead you would extend mercy because they were hungry. You would allow them to eat. But instead you're missing Jesus and the meaning of the Sabbath for the trees. I mean, I'm not sure about you, but I get tired just thinking about all the religious laws and the rabbinic law and all the things I needed to do accordingly in order to take a Sabbath the right way. Ain't nothing about that that sounds restful. And it's not. It's performance at its best. And friends, I need you all to hear me with this. You can't perform your way into heaven. Let me say it again. You cannot perform your way into heaven. Performance breeds self-righteousness, not worship. And see, some of us, were suffering from the same syndrome we see in this text with the Pharisees, which is why our Sabbath is non-existent. I got to do this, or I need to do more of this. It's more about you paying attention to what you're doing than actually resting on the Sabbath. For some of us, we can't truly... Have a Sabbath because we're too busy performing. We got to be the good Christian. But for many of us today, especially, it's not even about being religious. It's not being the good Christian. No, no, no. There is this pervasive language, if you want to say, where we say Jesus is my Sabbath. So I don't need to take an actual day. I'm resting with Jesus every day. He's my Sabbath. That is completely wrong. Now, now hear me, hear me, hear me. Yes, Jesus, in Jesus you shall find rest. Yes, in Jesus his burden is light. Yes, in Jesus, he has worked on your behalf. But hear me, taking a Sabbath takes intentionality. It's not something that you just passively wake up and say, oh, he's given me rest and I can rest in Jesus. So I'm good. That's the same logic that leaves you in a place where you're burnt out and everybody else around you is burnt out. And you ask what is happening to me and how did I get here? And it will be because you never stopped. But instead, you said, Jesus is my Sabbath. I'm resting in him. I can keep going. No. Which brings us to the question what is the Sabbath? Dave Allender, in his book, Sabbath, he says this way. I love this quote. Look at it with me. He says, The Sabbath is an invitation to enter delight. The, the Sabbath, when experienced as God intended, is the best day of our lives. Without question or thought, it is the best of the week. It is the day we anticipate on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and the day we remember on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Sabbath is the holy time where we feast, play, dance, have sex, sing, pray, laugh, tell stories, read, paint, walk, and watch creation in all its fullness. Few people, listen to this, are willing to enter the Sabbath and sanctify it to make it holy. Because a full day of delight and joy is more than most people can bear in a lifetime, let alone a week. Mm. Family, you hear those words. Sabbath is a special day. But many of us have ceased to experience it. Because we have not intentionally observed it or we feel as if we haven't worked hard enough to deserve one. The word Sabbath. Follow me. Let me break this down in Hebrew. It's pronounced Shabbat. It it means stopping or ceasing. Sabbath is a literal. Everyone say literal. It's a, a literal day where we cultivate a spirit of rest that carries over into the other six days of the week. And the best part about it is that Sabbath is God's design. This is his design. God calls us to remember the Sabbath as one of the Ten Commandments. Follow me back to Genesis chapter 2. It says that God rested on the seventh day after he made creation in Genesis 1, and then he said everything was good. Now, the key here, follow me with this, is that God doesn't rest because he's tired. He was able to rest because he was so satisfied. He was so satisfied with his work and his satisfaction allowed him to have peace and rest. He didn't rest because he was tired. There's a big difference there. After each day of creation, it says the Lord saw all that he made and he said it was good. And the same thing he said on the sixth day after he made his great, greatest creation, human beings, he says it was good. Friends, again, he's able to rest, not because he's tired and needed rest, but because he was truly satisfied. So what's the point here? I'm about to say something that's totally contrary to what most of us have been taught here in the world. Or, but it's true of the Christian life. It's true of the gospel. In the world, hear me, working is about how hard you work and making things happen and being satisfied or finding your satisfaction in your work. But that's not true for the Christian. No, no. Working hard as a Christian is different because you start from a different place. Christians work and they live from a place of already being approved in God. And and we work from this place of, of already being satisfied with God and the things of God, which I know I just walked up into your neighborhood because the question becomes, am I truly satisfied with God? Now, hear me, this doesn't mean we shouldn't work hard. No, 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 that's not what it means. What it means is that my job will never give my heart the satisfaction that it longs for. I know I'm all up in your kitchen with this one now, because right now, for some of us, we're more dissatisfied and we're more lost than we ever have been before. Because our normal and our work life has been interrupted or as it's increased, especially here in Chicago, because you came here and it's all messed up. And you came here for Chicago for a better life or a better job or to climb that corporate ladder in your job and then COVID hit. And now you've had to change jobs or you've had a a, a pay cut, but you still work as hard or harder than you worked before only to not be recognized or get the satisfaction you're actually searching for in your job. Hear me. Our satisfaction will never come from our work as Christians. You will never be able to rest no matter how, how much money you make. You, you'll never be able to rest no matter how high you climb up that corporate ladder. No, it will never be enough. You know why? Because we were made to want more. We were made to want more than what this world has to offer for, to us. We were made for more. I, I love what the musical artist named Benja says in his his uh, rhymes. He says this, he says he has put forever in our hearts. That's why we will always want more. He's put forever in our hearts. That's why we will always want more. Friends, God created us in his image and God is eternal outside of this world. He, He's eternal. He created the world, which means that everything in it, including us, can never give him anything that he already Doesn't possess. I mean, he has it all. He can have it all. And if this is true of God and he made us in his image, hear me, it doesn't matter how much we acquire in this world. It doesn't matter how much money we make. It will never satisfy us because we were made for more. Many of us cannot truly Sabbath right now because we're treating Sabbath and rest as an accomplishment that comes from how hard we work. And the reality is, is that God has already, he's already done all the work on our behalf. And he's woven Sabbath, hear me family, he's woven Sabbath and rest into the fabric of humanity and the fabric of our world. He's, he's woven this in there when he's made us and the whole world, he rested on every day and he rested on the seventh. Sabbath is woven into our whole being and creation. Friends, hear me. You don't have to work for a Sabbath. No, no, God commands us to take a Sabbath as a gift, to freely enjoy the things of God, to rest and worship. Sabbath is a day where we're able to stop and bring our hearts back to the place where we live and we work from, where we should begin with this place of resting and worshiping God. Now, with all of that, I know someone's probably asking or you should be asking, well, what does that look like? Follow me. Uh, Sabbath is a day where we practice intentionally four things. It's stopping, it's resting, it's delighting, and it's worshiping. It's stopping, it's resting, it's delighting, and it's worshiping. Stopping means exactly what it sounds like. You stop working, you stop worrying, you stop wanting, you stop thinking about work because sometimes thinking about work can be worse than actually doing the work. Someone, someone, someone go on with me with that one. For many of us, this means you need to turn off your phone or put it in airplane mode where you cannot be reached. And hear me, I know I know someone's about to have a conniption, y'all about to go crazy because I told you to turn off your phone. Let me free you a bit. <laughs> hear me. If God can create this whole thing. Earth and creation in six days, then I'm pretty sure he can take care of your job for this one day. I'm pretty sure he can take care of your social media and the feed where you didn't answer everybody and you see what else is going on in everybody's life. I'm pretty sure he can take care of whoever else or whatever else is trying to get a hold of you while you're just stopping. Just stop. It's okay. Secondly, resting. Resting is is you resting your mind, your body, and your spirit. And hear me, resting does not mean just sleeping. It it is part of that. Sleeping should be a big part of your Sabbath. You should actually sleep more on your Sabbath than any other day of the week. But you have to practice intentionally whatever it is that gives you true rest. And, And for some of us, that may be active rest. For example, my wife, she loves working out. So on her Sabbath or our Sabbath, she makes sure to work out because it spurs her affection for God. But for you, that may be like, that sounds dreadful. I don't want to work out at all. That's tiring. That's horrible. So you may need to get a good book it it, it may be restful for you to read a good book for myself. I've shared this with you before, but I love playing basketball. I I like to get on the court. If if it was not in COVID or so, I I like to get on the court. And I I also like to listen to good music. So music does something for my soul. And and, and so when I sit down and I listen to it, y'all, it spurs my affections for God. I'm I'm a better man. I'm a better husband. I'm a better daddy. I'm a better man of God because I'm in this place where I'm actually resting. Family, do whatever is restful for you. What spurs your affections for God? Thirdly, delighting. I, I love this one. It's delighting where you and John Mark Comer's words, he's the he's the writer of uh, the Ruthless Illumination. Of Her. We keep referencing this book. He says delighting. Listen to this is where you pamper your soul all day long. I, I love that you pamper your soul all day long. And you do this by looking and marveling at God's creation, just as God did. It it may be good to go on a walk and get outside the house and walk through your neighborhood and see creation a bit. Or for you that may have a kid or a spouse in your life, it's it's spending time, it's spending valuable time with them in, in those moments and experiencing the blessing of family. Uh, delighting also means eating some of your favorite food. Come on now, I'm some. I'm in somebody's kitchen. It's, it means eating some of your favorite food on this day. For my family, uh, we Sabbath from Friday into Saturday, and on every Friday night, we have pizza, y'all. We love pizza. Many of y'all have sent us pizza and gift cards. We love pizza. And then we sit at the table, and we talk about our high and low for the day. And then right after that, we go sit down, and we have a movie night as a family, and we sit there, and we... We do this every week. My family looks forward to it every week on Friday. And fourthly, it's a day of worship. This is a day where we express our adoration towards God, and really, it's a day where, by the end of it, those last four to six hours of the day, it, it should be—you should be full of worship. You should be in a space where. You're ready to walk back into the week in those next six days until we're back again to this place of, of Sabbathing again. And many of you, if you're really doing a Sabbath, they, they people couple this. If they're not in ministry like myself, they couple it with their Sunday morning, because at that point they can actually corporately worship with their church, which is one of the best ways to worship. You get to do that. And that's part of your Sabbath because you're worshiping there together. So, so family, let me rewind a bit as I broke that down and went through it pretty quickly. Sabbath is a literal 24 hour day where we practice intentionally these four things, stopping, resting, delighting and worshiping. Now, here's the key. In order to accomplish this, as you as you already heard me say, we have to intentionally observe a Sabbath. It takes intentionality. I heard someone say it like this, that in order to observe the Sabbath correctly, we need to treat it like we do holidays. But instead, it's every week and it's actually better because you don't have to deal with any family drama or anybody else coming to that holiday, (laughs) that party that you might be going to. Some of y'all like, what what does it mean? What's this look like? Okay, let me break it down a little bit for you. For instance, Thanksgiving is coming up. It's right around the corner. It's about two weeks away. Uh, And this is going to be a different Thanksgiving nonetheless with COVID and all that. But in a regular time, when I said the word Thanksgiving, some of your mouths probably started watering a bit. Mine is right now because I love Thanksgiving. This is traditionally a day where we look forward to all year long. We can't wait to get to Thanksgiving. We pull out our nicest clothes and we get the fine China out of the cabinet. We have the best food all ready to go. We see all the people we like. We eat desserts and then we hang out all night and we sleep well into the next morning. That's Thanksgiving. We look forward to this day and we observe this day. We sit in it. We rest. We stop. And we're fueled by this and we look forward to it all year long. Because of that past Thanksgiving, hear me, family. The Sabbath, to that extent, is the same thing and it should be treated the same way where we look forward to it every week. It's what gives us what we need to go back into the work week, those other six days until we're back to Sabbath again. Family, hear me. Many of us right now, we're exhausted. We're anxious. We're depressed. We're discouraged and just done with life because our Sabbath day is non-existent. We've not truly rested and worshiped. We just keep going and going and going and going. Family, I want to challenge you this week to take a Sabbath. Again, as I've said before, start where you are, not where you think you should be. If you've never done this before, I want you to do this. Start by writing out what a perfect 24-hour day Sabbath would look like for you. Write it down. Pray about it. Look at that. And write it down. What's a day full of stopping, resting and delighting and worship look like for you? And if you can't do a 24 hour day right now, which if you've never done it before, it's probably going to be very hard. We're going to be bad at this. Start with half a day. You know, Start there and work towards that 24 hour day. Get there. Turn your phone off, turn your email off, etc. Just stop. A good practice is to start this the night before, preferably in the evening, where you can start off with a good meal. And this comes from the Hebrew tradition where where the day actually started with sunset instead of sunrise. And when I read about this, it actually makes sense to me because, look, what happens is you go to bed eating the best meal. You're delighting in it and you go to sleep and then you wake up. Where your soul basically is, is waking up with you. Y'all don't follow me. Fa- follow me with this one. It's kind of like you worked all week long and now you get to crash and you eat the best meal and you wake up the next day with no agenda. Just. Just breathing, resting, stopping. This place where your soul can be re-energized. For the week. So a good practice is to start the night before. Again, uh, hear me. This is not a day off. Let me say it again. This is not a day off. This is different than a day off. A lot of people, are, oh, that's my day off. That's my Sabbath. That's not that's not the same thing. We treat days off as places, times where we catch up with things that we didn't do during the week. We we like to run errands. We go shopping. We do grocery shopping. We go to the movie we've been wanting to see. We make up work that we didn't get done during the week. That ain't stopping. That's not a Sabbath. No, Sabbath is stopping. It's resting. It's delighting. It's worshiping. Hear hear me. an, An easy way to examine if an activity should be a part of your Sabbath or not is ask the question. Just be honest with yourself. You got to be honest about this. Is this me stopping? Is this me resting? Is this me delighting? And is this me worshiping? If it's not, here's the simple solution. Y'all ready for it? It's rocket science. If it's not any of those, then just do it the other six days of the week. (laughs) You don't have to do it on the Sabbath. You got six days to do all those things. Plan accordingly. Make sure you do that and live intentionally in the Sabbath on the Sabbath day. My family, as I said it before, we, we do this on Friday night into Saturday and from evening into evening because Sunday for me is a work day as a pastor. People in ministry, we work on Sundays a lot of the times, many of us, that's what that looks like. And for you, it may be again, it may be Saturday to Sunday or it may be just Sunday because church or or you may even find another day that works for you. Don't be so religious about the day, Okay. Don't be so religious about the day. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. Not not your religion, not your tradition. Jesus is Lord over the Sabbath. And remember, family, this is for you. Whatever that Sabbath day looks like for you, honor it. Keep it as we're commanded to by God. Whatever that seventh day is for you, remember the Sabbath. Now as we end... Let me remind you, as I have to remind myself many times again, I'm going to remind you this. We're not God. We are not God. We need rest. God has given us a gift. He's given us a gift and freedom to have A day of worship and rest. If we do this, not only will we flourish, but the people around us will also flourish. Family, many people are burning out. And the people around us and our families are burning out, too, because we're not practicing what God has called us to. We're missing all these moments with God because we won't stop. Family, I wonder. I wonder if we just held tighter to the practice of Sabbath, how much better would our world be? How much better would our families be? How much better would we be? Friends, let's trust God. And let's be intentional about stopping. Take a Sabbath. And don't apologize for it. God gave it to us. Stop. And experience the blessing. Of the Sabbath. Amen. Let's pray. Father thank you so much for who you are. You are truly. A good God we give you all praise and all honor God I thank you for your grace God because I know many of us we are not practicing the Sabbath we're tired we're anxious we're burnt out some of us God didn't know that you even cared for us that way. we've never given our lives to you Experienced even some of the goodness God God, I pray that you'd be in the heart of the person right now that's calling on you for the first time, that they would give their lives to you and confess you as Lord and Savior. Also pray for the person, even myself, God, where we fall short in taking a time to rest and truly have a Sabbath. God, let us experience the blessing of stopping and how it changes our lives for the better. God, may you have your way in our lives let us keep our eyes on you jesus it's in your name we all said together amen amen thanks again for tuning into our podcast today i pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul i look to see you at one of our services at 9 30 or 11 a.m on sunday morning take care god bless you